0: Today on the Therapy Dogs Australia podcast, Angela, the head of drama at a small school in Southwest Victoria, gives us a real glimpse into the incredible ways her therapy dog, Elsie, benefits the many students she teaches in her drama classroom. For those interested in how therapy dogs can be incorporated into a school environment, this will offer you some insight. Enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode with Therapy Dogs Australia. Today, Sam and I are going to be chatting with Angela. What school are you working at, Angela?
1: Um, I'm working at a small school in uh, southwest Victoria. So,
0: Oh, lovely. Yeah, Yeah, so we're going to dive into your experience with that and how that's all been going for you because you've done one full term, is that correct? (laughs)
1: Yes. And I graduated in September last year. So I sort of did last term, last year, and then this year in full swing with Elsie. Amazing. And how did you find out about us? Um, I just did my research really. I really wanted to get into having a therapy dog and I love dog training. So I did all my research and I found you guys online and thought it looked amazing. Amazing.
0: And then you actually, you graduated with us um, in September. Is that
1: is that what you meant when you said yeah, 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 yeah? Cool.
0: So how's that been going?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been going amazing. Like I've been loving um bringing Elsie into the classroom space. So I actually teach grade prep to year twelve. I'm a specialist drama teacher, so I'm um, mm-hmm. seeing her interact with the different year levels and in different ways and capacities, it's amazing. And the different um things that children get from her um across the year levels is so broad and different. So.
0: That must be so cool for drama. I loved drama <laughs> at school. <Same>. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the best subject. Yeah. Adding therapy dog to the mix. Oh my goodness!
2: So, is that Angela, um, is, that a, is it a rural school or just a small size school? Um, it's a rural school. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Nice. So, how many kids would there be in the whole school? Do you think? Um, maybe about two hundred. Oh yeah. Yep. And yeah. yeah. Do they mix the grades up or are the kids separated into year levels?
1: Um, They're separated, except I do teach a prep one class, which is just so much fun to have both of them together. So <laughs> I think that's the biggest class I have with about 26 students. Um, And yeah, they're full of energy and it's amazing. I love that class. <laughs> <laughs> did you start it.
0: at the school this year or did you, were you working before that? I
1: see yeah I've been working and teaching now for three years, so okay. I've been yeah, teaching yeah. drama, yeah, for three years, and then this is my first year really with Elsie, um yeah, from the start of the year. Wow, that's so exciting.
2: yeah so yeah cool. and and do you um do you teach drama or do you have another role at the school as well? Like do you cross between subjects or
1: no, I actually don't. I'm head of drama, so I strictly teach drama, and I direct the school musicals. And um, <laughs> it was actually amazing. I had Elsie play Sandy in the musical Annie. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! So, yeah, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> it was very appropriate, and I felt like a total stage mum. I was like, oh my, my little babies on stage. So, oh my god! They're just so cute. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Do you have any video or like photos of that that you're allowed to share? Because um, like it does, if the schools go to school, but their own Facebook page that they've shared any of that on, because I would love to see that.
1: Yeah, I can let you know and check it out because it's so cute. Um, and it's then adorable. I had um, her also in Legally Blonde as well, which was another oh local musical. Um, how do so, I
2: not know about this? Yeah, <laughs> my little stars. Oh my goodness. And how does she cope
0: with that um, sort of environment as well? Cause that's really impressive for Elsie to be on stage and, and be okay.
1: Well, she just loves it. And that's actually what got me into therapy dogs. So once I got to know Elsie and I love dog training and have like grown up on a farm so we trained farm dogs and everything and um, once I brought her into Annie so that was actually prior to doing Therapy Dogs Australia and when I saw her with the cast and the kids backstage and how happy she was and how happy all the kids were I just thought I have to do something about this because she loves it it's her dream to work with kids I know it and it's my dream to bring her along to work um, how can I do this so then I started researching um, and that's when I found you guys
2: oh my goodness that's so cool I think um so one of the things Angela that people ask us all the time is about like so how do people incorporate their dog into what they're doing um because you know we all know that having dogs around it's you know a a nice friendly dog to people who like dogs having them around can be really um positive so that's cool but people always ask us so what what does the dog do? Like, what does the dog do? So are there any specific ways that having Elsie around has made being a drama teacher? So your existing job of teaching little kids drama, whatever that i like, when I did drama classes, I did literally nothing. That's why I took the class. So I don't know what's involved. (laughs) You actually participate, but (laughs) is there anything, I mean, I remember doing drama games, like, you know, so Actually, let's take it back a step. What is your goal as a drama teacher? Like I'm trying to imagine. So like your goals being things like, is it public speaking, creative thinking? Like what would be like your it does it work like that? What are the What are the core goals?
1: Yeah, the goals of drama are definitely like creative, um development so getting students and kids to come up with um, so they improvise and they write scripts and really just getting their creative um, juices flowing and then also the autonomy of um, performing and getting that confidence and being able to um, look at you know a crowd of people and feel comfortable which is a big thing for a lot of people mm-hmm. and I like to connect it with um, real life experiences and I know they're little kids but my older ones um, saying things like when you have a job, you might need to public speak and you need mm. to use these skills. Um, just communication skills are all around are so important. For You might future. have to
2: go on a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I'm just going to work. I'm going to work through this so I understand. So I've got our goals for our little people. So creative thinking, their autonomy, being able to perform, public speaking, all that sort of stuff what are your challenges? Like I can imagine, especially in the landscape that we've got in this day and age, I can imagine there's surely a lot of little people who are quite anxious, who are nervous. Maybe they don't have great creative skills. Maybe what would be the challenges? Is it getting getting nervous kids to participate? Do you have challenges behaviorally? So do you have like um, behavior management kids that because drama might be a little bit less of a structured classroom space. um, I wonder, does that bring any behaviours out in some kids or do you have problems with like group work? Like what would be, you know, kids working together? My drama teacher definitely had problems with, keeping students on task.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose mine are definitely in this climate after covid and everything is well-being so you have um students that do show signs of stress and anxiety um and depression and that's a really big thing um, moving out of that context, and we're trying to not use that COVID language anymore to get students to feel empowered to talk and communicate. And bringing Elsie into that classroom has really made that happen. I've had students that have been nonverbal to me, and that's a real challenge. Like they barely talk, they just say the bare minimum, or they're looking at the floor, and it's not really their happy place. And when I brought Elsie in, it was amazing to see their lift and how they could um, make eye contact with other students and even if it's just at the beginning of the lesson and they're giving um, her a little pat and then they might say to another student like do you have a dog and I'm thinking whoa this is a conversation that's about to happen and they start talking about dogs in general or so it really does warm that space and make them feel comfortable and safe to explore drama and be creative Uh, so it's a wonderful thing to have her as well as I use her in a lot of other capacities too, but especially on that entry point, um, it can calm the students down definitely.
2: Making notes so I can come back to these and yes. we can discuss them in more detail. We've got well-being. Is there uh like an engagement piece? Like so I know that, that that's going to be attached. We are gonna go further into that, that the well-being is gonna be attached to the engagement. What about engagement in actual because I remember like drama games activities so for people that haven't done drama before like at school or whatever you know when you go somewhere and they make you do an icebreaker <laughs> like any kind of like team day or something like yeah, that or team somewhere days new, or like yeah like we'll do them at like yeah brumby camp so like, they're icebreakers like actually do Ange, do you know like what is what is the go with icebreakers <laughs> do you know um,
1: well, in general, they're probably just good to break the ice, but maybe to just get people out of their um, own little shell. Like I think people enter yeah. those sort of days and they're quiet if they're introverted or, um, and they don't know people, they might feel more comfortable to reach out and ask for help or have a chat. Also
0: because how physical all those drama games are, it can help shake some of those nerves, nerves and tension that you're holding in the body too. Yeah. So even that just helps if you can get a little bit silly or relaxed or
2: you know, yeah, Definitely. I think humor is a big part of it. It's definitely the case that like you would know, like if there's no, okay, so let's compare like, so going to a conference. So if you go to a conference and everyone's just sat wherever and like, it's not, it's not a workshop kind of thing. And by the end of the conference, whether it's a day or two days or whatever, you've probably maybe had a bit of a chat with a couple of people but when you do like a workshop and it's like a smaller group and you're, you're supposed to be working together in the workshop, if they do an icebreaker, it just fast tracks that whole thing. So you gets you talking. It's like a semi-structured way of getting you to interact with the people around you so that you've broken down that barrier. Whereas if you don't have that um, structure to it, then you can sit next to someone for a whole day and not even to say anything more than hello. So I definitely think it's designed for that. I know that people are probably listening being like, Of course it is you idiots. <laughs> <I> just <laughs> <mingle it. laughs> I've yeah. just never just never looked into it. Yeah. Um but yeah, so if we're thinking about like your drama games and stuff like that, I'm just was trying to put people back into that space of like how awkward it can be. Like when yeah. you first do an icebreaker, it could, everyone's groans at it because it's like, oh, it's always something that's like a bit silly or and it can be a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, gets you out of your comfort, yeah, like, you yeah, yeah, the comfort zone. Even, yeah, yeah. Like, oh. Oh. Okay, yes. so back to my point. So, is Elsie has she become a part of? any drama games or things like that?
1: Yes, she does. So especially with the primary kids, sometimes she is actually the theme of the class. So we make Elsie the total theme and we're like we're looking at Elsie because they learn a lot about animals and movement and they also learn about um, emotions so acting different emotions and walking like different animals we do super fun days where we just act like we're in a zoo and you just think like how am I getting paid to be a giraffe today but <laughs> I actually think that all the time too <laughs> yeah and I just love it so much so the kids um sometimes they have like a worksheet about Elsie and I might even connect different emotions so they know that Elsie loves carrots and that's I give her frozen carrots and it's one of her favorite snacks and they'll um and I'll say like what if um it was a really hot day and Elsie didn't get a frozen carrot like how would she feel and and it's just something so silly like that but they can all think like yeah that would be totally Elsie would not like that and I'm like no no Yeah, she'd be devastated. Or what if Elsie didn't get her walk today? What would she feel like? And you know, when you feel like you're inside and you're stuck inside, what sort of emotions do we feel? So those sort of things I can make her the theme to really connect um the stories or whatever we're learning about to another real life example, which is her. Um, the other thing is that she can also watch the performances, which they love. Oh and and she loves anything moving, like she'll just sit on her bed and then her tail will be wagging when anyone is looking at her or talking to her so I, I hope none of my, oh my kids god. are listening to this because she just loves everything but they do think that that she just loves their performance specifically especially like oh the great god. prep ones they're like Elsie so loved cute. mine her tail wagged so much and I'm like yeah <laughs> she did she loved it and, but she just loves them all the time so oh my
2: god what a legend yeah. very very cute all right so we've got well-being we've got engagement is there what about behavioural stuff? Is there any ever any challenges or like refusals or like what about challenging behaviours? Do you see much challenging behaviours?
1: Yeah, so really with um, I actually see more challenging behaviours when I don't bring Elsie in and I don't mm-hmm. bring her in every day. So she just comes in as a little special treat really for them um, every now and then, but without Elsie so well when I have Elsie I can really set that tone I have them lined up outside the door and I say guess who's in today and they're all super excited and they can see her sitting on her bed and you know we have to we have these really strong rules that they because they all love her and there are Mm. some that don't want to engage or touch but they just love they're fascinated with her sitting in the corner so they still want to be there and um, they'll all they can all tell me now word for word the rules when Elsie's in the classroom like we don't run run up to her we don't scream we don't jump on each other like all the little things um but especially I also do the four paws rule that we learned. how only four hands at once so either two people with two hands or four little kids with one hand each so she doesn't oh feel God. overwhelmed not that she would honestly she's had there was one experience once where I was on yard duty and there was like six kids run up and I was like ah, oh, I can't stop them but Slow. she did she did not care she just she loved it but I do like to maintain that rule and they love it and they really follow that because they know that she's also a treat so it's like I'm not going to bring her in
2: if I feel like she's in an unsafe environment.
1: So they set that tone straight away.
2: That sounds like um, some turn taking and sharing happening as well for the greater good.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's also great just long term for understanding how to treat other dogs as well. So yeah, it's really good life skills there.
2: Yeah. And a
1: lot of the things like when I brought her in, and I thought I can't just bring in a therapy dog without a context. So for the first couple of lessons, I actually went over the difference between a service dog and a therapy dog and um how we treat all dogs. Have you lost me? Oh no, I've got you. We've lost we? Sam. Oh, we've lost <laughs> Sam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. What's
2: happened? Hi okay. Sam. There oh my is. gosh. She's about froze for ages. So I stopped my video and then I could hear you. Great. But, yeah, I Sorry. went
1: over the difference of a service dog and a therapy dog and how we mm-hmm. interact with all dogs. You know, we don't just run up to a random dog on the street or if it's tied to a pole, you don't know that dog. Mm. Um, and talking about all the signals that dogs give us. So if anything, they all got a crash course in, in dogs and animal welfare and, and they ask the most amazing questions as well about her that I love to answer. So it's been great.
2: Awesome.
0: That's really cool. Did you find um, our course, the Therapy Dogs course, help you as well feel more confident um, in the classroom with Elsie? Because, I mean, how old was Elsie when she started the, the course with us?
1: Elsie was 12 months old, so she just hit the one-year mark and I signed up and definitely because all of that knowledge, I could probably could have just told you roughly about it, but since doing the course, I'm all over it. I'm like, yeah, I know what a service dog does and we even now brainstorm all the different types of service dogs and, you know, what they can do and how we shouldn't interact with them because they're working and the difference. If you see the purple jacket that says Therapy Dogs Australia, go up and say, can I please pet your dog? And I'm sure they'll say, absolutely. Like, yeah. So it's been great. That course really provided me with a strong understanding of so much that I can share with the kids.
2: That's so good. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that you were just talking about before that I'd never thought about for drama class, um, is like a bit of a, like an emotional intelligence sort of goals there because, which makes sense to me because you to act out emotions, you're gonna have to have an understanding. Of what they are. Yeah. So, in but in that process of talking about, um, yeah, acting out emotions, I mean, you'd be working with kids that that would have limited insight or limited emotional intelligence. So, how like how challenging is that if you've got or if you've got kids that lack theory of mind, their ability to understand other people's emotions? How do you go teaching them that stuff? Like, is it challenging or do they just sort of model off each other and pick it up?
1: Yeah, it's definitely like I am um, the model, like in the way that I demonstrate a lot, especially yeah. because our core skills in drama, we have like facial expression, gesture, um, voice and movement. So, just modeling all of that and they think it's hilarious like sometimes I'll just all of a sudden break into like a, a big cry I'll be like oh I can't believe you've done this and they know it's fully <laughs> over the top but they're just like and I said see how my eyebrows have moved and how am I so and talking about that really helps them develop that emotional intelligence yes and also like empathy and being yeah. able to communicate um yeah with others so It is a challenge for those students that don't know how, but I love it because it's that goal to try and get them to be able to understand emotions and also be able to portray and communicate their own. Um, Yeah, so instead of just having that deadpan face, use your facial expressions to communicate how you feel.
2: That's actually fascinating and Mm. something that I've never thought of before, that drama classes would do that. And you know what? I've got quite a few of my kids that I see that do local theater and they love it. Like they are obsessed and they will be like highly, they're all on the spectrum and highly anxious. And like you'd think they wouldn't they wouldn't want to do theater. Like, you know, but from heaps of them, because we got a we got a cool local theater, but heaps of them mentioning it to me over the years. I've recommended it to other kids and families and stuff. But I've never really known like I, you know, they sort of they haven't really described it like they're sort of like, oh, you can just I'm like surely, surely that's hard for you to be in a show when you're so anxious. But they just have described it as like, yeah, but you're just being a character, like it's yeah. so it's a bit different to being you up on a stage. And I was like, oh yeah, whatever, it makes sense. Um, but this is making even more sense that they're actually learning how to yeah in express and interpret emotions which is yeah fast that's actually really fascinating
1: yeah and I love connecting it to Elsie they find it hilarious when we do like disgust and I'll say like so Elsie needs to go to the toilet and what do we do on the walking (laughs) track like I get out my bag and I'm acting out like picking up the poo and they think it's so funny and I'm like what am I acting and they're like disgust it's so you can really yeah change that um that's so cool. If they don't have the knowledge of an emotion, it, you can give them an example through Elsie, which is great. That's so cool. Mm.
0: Amazing. And I suppose you can also apply Elsie's body language in, in when we're talking about expression and, and reading people and empathy. That must also play into Elsie's body language
1: yeah it does and there was one girl just last week who she came in and had a fight with her friend in the playground at lunch and came into my class I didn't know this and Elsie came up to her because she was there early and just put her head in her lap like just rested her head on her lap and at the end of the lesson she came up to me and she said Elsie knew that I had a bad day at lunch and she could tell that my body language was sad and she came up and put her head in my lap and I was like
2: that's so sweet That's so sweet. Those moments are just absolute gold. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Wow, this is um, really fascinating, Ange. So, I want to try and um, go back to some of this other stuff we talked about as well, because I know people will be listening. This is really is what people are so desperate to hear is like, but how? How is this useful? So, and you're giving us all this amazing information um but I don't want to skip over it so when we talked about well-being so the initial sort of coming into the room and things like that that's like therapy dog 101 um so a lot of people that haven't been able to um or people that probably haven't done that any training that's probably where it would end a lot of the time is that kind of like oh well, kids like to come to the class so job done um but also people that are struggling with ideas because maybe they aren't drama teachers and don't have heaps of creative thinking. Um, when we look at that wellbeing side of it, so that coming in and, you know, being, feeling like they can be, it's a safer space and things like that. Uh, we call that, so we have the social lubricant effect for that we know is working there. So it's the same as when we walk our dog down the street and, you know, you see someone else and they talk to you or they talk to your dog or whatever. But if you weren't walking your dog, you just walk straight past each other. So it's the social lubricant effect. So that's definitely going to be a part of what's happening when the kids come into the class and they're starting to say like, Oh, do you have a dog or, you know, or they'll say something about the dog to each other. Like, "Um, she's licking me or like, you know, stuff like that. And then it's a shared experience. They've got joint attention on, you know, both of them, all of them have all of their attention on something. It's just really inclusive, just giving that that effect there, which is awesome. So that was that well-being part. So then we got the engagement in um some of those more tricky or challenging games and stuff, your drama games or like what we adults would know to be icebreakers and stuff like that, where, you know, we're trying to get you out of your shell and and things like that. And those can be so challenging even for fully or reasonably functioning adults. That's like so hard to get involved in. Um, So having Elsie involved in those sorts of games is sounds like it's, it's getting um the kids, you know, breaking those barriers down a little bit more for them, maybe a bit more encouraging for them. People might be listening to that going, okay, so, but like what, but like how Um, do you think? So when I involve my dogs in stuff like this, I don't always have to physically directly involve them. So, um, sort of like what you said, like she watches the performances. So like sometimes it's stuff like that where the dog's not, you know, having to be really laborious in what they're doing. Um, so would there be some sort of more subtle way she's involved like that? And are there any that you can think of off the top of your head, um, ways that she's in, involved in a game? So like, for example, we might do relay races or something where, um, you know, the kids have to take, the dog's on a lead and the kids are in on either side of the room. And so one kid's going to go with the dog to the other side and then pass them over. But to get a real sort of teamwork thing happening, I might make that there's a challenge that when they get to the other side of the room, you know, like they've got to answer a question correctly, or they have to ask each other a question about themselves or, you know, they've got to tell, what's your favorite color? Green. Okay. and then they have to run to the other side. Their favourite colour is green. What's your, you know, like those kinds of things to pass off the dog? Can you think of, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but can you think of any either direct or indirect ways that Elsie can help with those sorts of games and things just to help those people out there that are trying to think of some ideas? Yeah, so we do a lot of improv
1: um, and we also do a lot of reading of stories and things. So um, I actually, which is a lot, I'd like to write Elsie into the worksheets and actually into the, so that's something that's I do really. That. yeah. Yeah, which is really good and the kids connect with that. But um, some of our more practical exercises, if we're doing improv, sometimes I'll act with Elsie or I'll actually they get a chance without realising it to handle Elsie. So I'll, um, in a controlled space, we're all sitting in a circle and it's called space jump, so one at a time. Um, you sort of jump up and you change space and time so um, they're improvising with Elsie and the first I always start out because her classic most dramatic move is the bang and she plays dead so oh my gosh. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah we have like this big dramatic act Elsie and I and I'll and I'll go bang and she plays dead and then she gets up and tail wagging and they all think it's hilarious that she can play dead uh, but they have been doing little acts with her as well. So it's never too many kids at once, but they each get a go to like handle her or they they love doing bang. And after a while I'm like, okay, that's enough bang. We need to come up with something else. Um, but they can say sit and down and do all of her little, um, yeah, uh, go through her, training with her and she loves doing that too if anything now they've almost ruined her because she loves to shake hands and oh yeah she's like shake I just want to shake and oh (laughs) man if
2: it is any way you want to ruin your dog's trick training show it to the kids I'll tell you what it's a bloody nightmare but that's 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 a part of uh that's a part of the job so Um, What I'm thinking about as you're saying that is like, okay, so let's say we've got, I use my dog's tricks all the time as um, engagement tools. Um, I don't have any fancy ones like bang, you're making me look like a real fool here, but that's all right. (laughs) So um, when you're saying that I'm thinking of things like, okay, so you could write down on a board, which is what I do, write a list of the tricks and then you could have them build a story which involves the tricks so like they've got to build a narrative that has the bang at the end or maybe they build a narrative that's got the bang at the beginning and then there's like a war or like you know something that happens like around these different tricks and stuff or you could do things like have the tricks on a card in a hat and each kid pulls out a trick and they've got to build a narrative around that trick yeah that they've pulled you know like it's in, in their little story she's got a shake for some reason. So maybe they're coming up with a business deal or, you know, like things like that, that they could really get them going. So, um, those kinds of things are the things that I use my, uh, trick repertoire for as well, but also like rewards. Like I use it as, cause we use food when we give the dogs, we ask the dogs to do tricks so the kids can earn dog treats. So mm-hmm. As they go throughout like their session and what they're supposed to be learning and stuff I can my token economy is dog treat dog trick treats <laughs> and then they use those treats in I've got a, a, a range of a variety of activities that they can use to spend those treats in um and it's so engaging like it's so mad it's crazy how how hard kids will work for a dog treat
1: yeah <laughs> I believe it
2: <laughs> Very cool. Good point, though, about they do they do ruin your tricks. This is something that I've been talking about with the horses as well. So, whenever we've got um, clients, students, participants, whoever working with your animals, um, if you're going to show them something that or model something that they're going to do with the animal. So like, say it's Andrew's bang trick or, you know, like with the horses, it's certain maneuvers or whatever, uh, all groundwork stuff for me. But, um, once you've shown it to them and and had someone attempt to do it, you can't actually be, um, they're not going to do it right. And you've got to let that go. So Mm -hmm. when otherwise it's not useful, it's not a useful thing to have in the space. If it's something that's got to be done perfectly or else you're getting stressed about it. Um, And it is stressful when someone does things not right because they're using incorrect timing, incorrect cues, all those sorts of things. And it actually does ruin your training down along the line. The only way to manage it is option one, avoid it, don't do it. So if I'm teaching my dogs or horses, something new, um, and it's not, they're not at that sort of solid phase of learning with it yet. I don't show it to my clients, participants, whatever. Uh, the second way is, uh, you have to refine it. So Hmm. after people have done the, whatever, so whether it's your bang trick or whatever even leading horses and haltering horses and things like that or horses um because horses are like they are taking the piss way more than I find with dogs but I guess some people's dogs are probably just the same but as soon as you let horses get away with stuff they're like this is great this is now the rules forever this is fantastic remember (laughs) yeah this is great (laughs) I don't have to stand still for anything and I can be right in your bubble and you know, I can do all this stuff. This is fantastic. So I have to tune them up. So I have to, uh, you know, actively have that in my mind that, you know, I do have to spend it. I can't just have my horses only in client sessions and doing client work because the Mm. clients are using incorrect timing or letting them, you know, be, be too pushy with them or whatever it is. So have you found that and that you know you've had to refine things or is is there things that you've sort of removed from the repertoire or have you had any issues like that
1: I found that the best thing I ever learned which I never realized from Therapy Dogs Australia was the tone of voice actually so Mm -hmm. I love that I never even thought about that and as like a singer and a drama teacher I'm like that makes so much sense that they would listen to your tone so um I do find that with using a different tone and retraining Elsie since that two-tone has worked really well and the kids will actually say stuff like she just listens to you but if you call her she just comes back (laughs) and I'm thinking yeah and I just joke that's because she knows me the best and all this but really it's because I'm using a different tone of voice Mm -hmm. and and probably because she does know me the best but um yeah I do like to use that tone and it's almost a singing tone and the kids don't realize that because I'm always you know singing and animated so um but Yeah, it does help a lot to have that in the back pocket to know that if I do want her to move away from a group or um, mm. if if I feel like they're overdoing something, I can reset the scenario and just yeah. be put it on her bed and then say to them, I think um, Elsie's, you know, a bit tired of that one or and they really yeah. do engage well with that they understand yeah. i say you have to think if you were a little dog and you had 12 kids yelling bang at you how would you feel and they go they can communicate yeah i'd feel overwhelmed or a bit worried so we don't do that so they're really good yeah. i've done
2: that to my kids before where or maybe not exactly that but um explain that before too because you I, you do get kids that will say Sit, drop, shake, sit, drop, shake, 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 sit, sit, drop, drop, shit, sit, sit. uh, They will just keep going. And it doesn't matter if the dog's doing it or not. They're just going to keep going and keep asking and lots of stuff. So I let my dogs totally disengage from that. Like I don't ever, I never actually ask my dogs to follow through um, for something that someone else has asked them to do. Um, If I want them to follow through, I'll ask them. Um, but I don't get them to follow because they're around little humans that have no concept of what, how frustrating or stressful or overwhelming that could be. Mm. If a dog really thought that they had to do everything that everybody else asked them to do. Yeah. Realistically, my dogs don't ever have to do anything that anybody else asked them to do because I'm the handler. So I'm there. So exactly. You know what I I mean? I think that's really what my dogs do now. You've said that without realizing. That's why
1: Elsie listens to me because she. I think she does actually disengage. She doesn't care mm-hmm. like their little voices, yeah. that yeah. tone. She's just like, I love you guys, and I'll make eye contact and and mm-hmm. cuddle up, but I, I'm not going to actually listen to what you say. Yeah, I'm not yeah. doing what you say. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that also really helps with preventing like any adverse reactions because they know mm-hmm. that you you're there in mm-hmm. the room. So. They yep. can choose to disengage, but it's also because that they they know that you've got their back and you're advocating for them as well, which is nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And you don't need, you really don't need, and it's better if you, I think from ex- my experience, it's better if you don't have a dog that feels like they have to do everything everyone says because of that. Like that, mm. you really are exposing them to these environments where people are going to keep, telling them to do mm-hmm. stuff and asking them to do stuff, which it's nice if it's, you know, like some, yeah, kids will say to the dog sit and they'll sit or whatever. Like, but that's totally the dog's choice. And it's lovely when they do that or they'll call the dogs over and the dogs come over or whatever. And that's great. Like that's, that's really, really cool, but it's not so cool or so um difficult to achieve naturally that I would Um, enforce anything that someone else has asked my dog to do because of the level of stress and frustration that I think would come from them feeling like they have to do stuff all the time. Like, especially like their trick training and stuff. Like if they're not going to do it, they're not going to do it, you know? And we use food Mm. for that. So it's like, if they're not going to do it for food, they're not doing it. Like, yeah, I try not to, I don't overuse it. Like we hardly ever do tricks now my kids are all obsessed with my dog food puzzles um, so they love they always choose that or like they play hide and seek with the trees What do you mean by dog food puzzles? You know those um Nina Otterson puzzles. Oh you the puzzle get. toys. Like puzzle toys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My kids are obsessed with those and I use them all the time and the dogs like love it. So, you know, that we haven't done What do what do you do? So well. As
0: in they they put the food in the different little compartments for your dogs.
2: Yeah, so and uh yeah, and there's different different difficulty ones and stuff right. like that. But I use them for different interventions. All, we could do a whole podcast, mm. Max, on the ways I could go back through my notes or just keep track over the next week or two. Seriously. And, yeah, I, and I, I should do that.
0: Yeah. That and list all the
2: different ways that I've used them um, as interventions because yeah. they're so handy. Mm. I've got like six puzzles in my room. We use them all the time. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Um. So anyway, point being, um. yeah, I think that's cool that, that she won't listen? Is there anything that you've, you know, like if kids are like, have you had that where kids are like, bang, 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 (laughs) bang, (laughs) bang. I have
1: but um now because i say like i bring her in because she's my dog and like she's not she doesn't have to come in she's not in the curriculum she does enhance our curriculum but i don't need to bring her in they do listen to me like a drop of a hat they're just like oh we better stop now because um, yeah it's really sweet and she loves i think elsie's shake she's just hilarious she is she's a golden retriever by the way i don't think we've said that she um just is happy to put her hand out and like it's almost like you're giving her a manicure like she just puts her hand out and she wants you to hold I her hand so <laughs> yeah so and sweet. give her a little hair massage and that's like one of her favorite things and she'll so just cute. do that to kids and um so they don't even need to say it she'll just come up to them and yep. be like it's yeah. time for a hand massage please
2: yep. <laughs> yeah. so cute um i've done with my kids before if anyone listening is is having these issues um, as an insight sort of building, like, or an empathy building thing, um, asking them to do that, those things. Cause they'll be like, sit, drop, sit, drop, sit, drop. And I'll be like, okay, sit, stand, sit, stand, sit, and try and get the kid to do it. And they hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so probably not that fun for the dog. <laughs> Definitely funny (laughs) yeah
1: Elsie when she's tired she'll also let out like a little sigh she often she's a little sire she's like oh and then I'll just say oh she can go on her bed and have a little relax like we'll let her have her time and and she does do that herself like she'll just let me know like I'm tired now and I'm like yeah that's fine you go but the kids find that so funny and I just because it's very human as well like and I say when you come home from school are you just like oh I'm just tired I need to lay on the couch and they love to connect that so they can also now read when she's feeling a little bit tired
2: or just okay. a bit over it. Yeah. Um, and have you ever played Simon says with the dog and no, the kids? I haven't. That's a fun way to use tricks yeah. as well. Um, but especially because um there's probably a couple of things like, does Elsie roll over? None of my dogs roll over.
1: Yeah, she can roll over and spin as well. My dogs can spin. I've got one. I've got one. Yes. Dougie can spin, Um, but he does need quite a bit of
2: big hand action. Yeah, Nala needs a fair bit of hand action. That's one thing I let the kids do too early with her, and now she's confused. I I would need to spend a bit of time on that to fix that, which I have not done. Um, Add that to the list, guys, of things I haven't done. Um, Anyway, so... You could do you could do um, games of like Simon says and yeah, the other dog like Elsie says or... yeah and like but you get like so your Simon says but you say things that she can do so oh it's, like, spin, so she does it spin, yeah, yeah and so they all spin like roll over and they all get down and roll over or like things like that we've done a bit of yeah. that in groups yeah struggle. that's, that's really so fun cute. yeah bit of a cohesion thing we sometimes do stuff like that in our kids groups because the kids have lost the plot. And I'm like, the situation's out of control, guys. Yeah. The <laughs> so kids are just like, you know, they get like so excited and overstimulated and they're talking to each other about whatever, Minecraft or like it's all just and we've lost them. I've yeah. Completely awesome. Um, and so I'll do sometimes things like that to try and get them back to like, oh, look, the adult is talking to us now. Like try and reorient them back and get a few of their wrigglies out, little movement breaks. Yeah, that's
0: great. Do you find Elsie, Angela, do you find Elsie uh, puts more time and energy with the younger kids as opposed to the older groups or is well, it equal but just, just different? Or Yeah,
1: just different. I'm also a homeroom teacher as well, so I find that in the homeroom activities like we have a long homeroom um, time that might be like a 30 minutes. What's, and- sorry, what's homeroom? It's at the start of the day for senior students, they okay. all come and you mark the role and you tell them the daily messages and things yes. like that. So I do find that, um, yeah, in those contexts too, because that's not always drama. I just have a mixed bag of kids in that class from year 7 to 10. So, um, yeah, they're really good with her too. And she does put more. I think she can read the younger ones more. Like it's mm. she she can understand that they... She you can tell she has empathy for them. Like sometimes she just looks at them with her little eyes, like, I know that you are showing me love and you're just loud. <laughs> like you, you don't mean to be loud right now. If they are being that little bit too energetic, she's totally understanding. But yeah, with the older ones, I would Bless. say she's probably more chill and relaxed. Um then not that she she's the most chill dog like on retrievers they are just mm. she's she's just so loyal and loving dirty yeah they're so
2: made for this work hey mm. yeah they are they're like, so made for it they just love it and I think no,
1: no sorry go in no I was just gonna say and they're always smiling like it's that breed that they are um, very happy so animated and that's why kids really can you know interact with them so well because she's so animated
2: They seem to, and it's like probably a bit cliche, but I still, I do say this to people, golden retrievers and Labradors are made for this work. They just love it. And all breeds can do it. If you've got a dog that loves the work, who cares what breed they are, whatever. But if you're buying a dog to do this kind of work, you absolutely nuts if you go past a golden retriever or a Labrador, because- they truly enjoy it they find it fulfilling like they just it's i that i've known that many golden retrievers that are exactly like you described with elsie like they just love kids yeah. they just want to be around them like they genuinely you know and everyone's like yeah yes we have to be careful with kids and dogs and we need to teach kids to respect dogs and dogs to respect kids and you know that, like absolutely all of that but they just love it. And the labs are the same. Like they see kids and they're like, my dogs did not grow up with kids. Well, Sonny didn't. Nala's grown up around therapy kids, but the, you, they don't have to. Like they just seem to understand mm. that this is a small, playful human and this is an opportunity. Like this yeah. is going to be great. Mm. And they're stoked. Like they find them, they're like, hell yeah, this is awesome.
1: Mm. And, and it's, just, it's like, like, every. Um, Sorry, Angela. No, um, Elsie loves her uniform now. Like she uh, her <laughs> uniform and she'll <laughs> run to the car. Like she's literally, I uh, get that uniform out and she's like, yes, we're going to see little humans today. I'm at the car already. Like she's so excited. And we, I do use her in nursing homes as well. I've taken her to a few local nursing homes and the kids love those stories because I'll tell them a little story. Like Elsie went for a little walk with Jeff who's 85 and, and how do you think that she'd feel with him and he's vision impaired and so you can really communicate with the kids as well the different ways she can interact with people and and they love that and at the moment they're actually doing an activity on um I just gave them a couple prompts so Elsie goes to the dog park or she goes to the park and meets another dog what um happens next and Elsie goes to the nursing home and meets a resident what happens next and they're writing these little creative stories about her and it's wonderful that they can yeah connect how well she loves humans and her little animated personality
2: so cool Mm. so cool so cool and this has been really really enlightening really really fascinating like I knew it was going to be interesting but I I really, I've really, really enjoyed this chat. This is it's really, just really, really nice
0: cool. going through, you know, the the how, like we were saying. Yeah. 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 Just hearing the exactly how Elsie's um being incorporated into the curriculum. And yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's
1: just so many ways to incorporate them if you really think about it. And if you sit down and have a look at whatever you're teaching, like I feel, even if I wasn't a drama teacher, I'd be able to embed her into our lessons. Uh, If you really do have a look, there's so many things that therapy dogs can offer to schools.
2: I could not agree more with that statement. Caveat to that. Some people, you've you've either get it or you don't. Like, Mm it's one of those things and it must, before this chat, I didn't think of it as a creative skill, but it might, maybe it is, maybe it's a creativity thing. Um, but cause I, I think that too Ange, and I can help people find ways to incorporate their dogs into their jobs and I don't do their job, you know, like, but for some reason can still find lots of ways to like lots of ideas to come up with. So it's interesting to hear you say that because you're obviously a very creative person and you've, you know, found found it that, yeah, there's so many ways, so many ways. So I think this has been a really cool chat. No, it doesn't matter if someone doesn't come up with their own ideas. That's not the point. Like there are people out there who are, can come up with ideas. It doesn't mean that you can't involve a therapy dog in what you're doing. Mm. If you're not that kind of, you know, creative in that way, that's fine. Let us do it for you. Like we'll we'll come up with those ideas and, you know, we're going to keep having conversations with, you know, amazing teams like Angela so that we can share those ideas and hopefully it creates like a think tank so that people can take that idea and go from there and, you know, really like a brainstorm, like really build on it themselves. But even if, if you're struggling with that, you know, Come back, like come back and get in touch with us and or make use of our graduate groups that we've got. We've got those graduate groups on Facebook and stuff. Um, Yeah,
0: we've got some awesome communities that we'll be happy to.
2: Yeah, especially if you, yeah, setting up some peer stuff and sharing ideas. And we do, we do it in group supervision as well. So I don't, I just wanted to make that clear that it, it doesn't matter if you are not the kind of person who can think up all these ideas by yourself um that's okay too but yeah it's just really cool that that you're able to do that and well done
1: yeah no thank you so much and thanks to you guys and the course for like setting me up to be able to do it it's been such a pleasure i've loved every minute of embedding elsie into my classes and and i love the course as well it was awesome so i'm very lucky and you have
0: um you have an instagram Um, Ange as well don't you yes i I do follow
1: follow you and elsie yeah so um my instagram is billy.and.co but um so my first dog was billy and she's a cavoodle and she is just she's the main character of the instagram because i got her first Mm -hmm. but elsie i got second and billy has been in shows as well and but she's not a therapy dog because she's just so food driven i (laughs) i honestly (laughs) realize it's like your firstborn child you can make mistakes Mm -hmm. but then the second Mm -hmm. one um so she's so so cute and she'll dance and act and she'll do everything you want her to do and she's the best Instagram model ever but she's not a therapy dog because she'll look at me like well when's the treat coming yeah yeah Yeah. so I've just decided Elsie's there the therapy dog but she's also a good Instagram model too she gets a feature and so do all my other family's dogs so that's why it's Enco because we've got a big collection of dogs that we surround us yes I love it I love it so I would recommend you
0: follow Angela
2: Hello, Angela. And if you want to hassle her, that's probably the way that you could do it. So if you think Angela's got some good ideas and you'd like to talk to her more, maybe uh, hit her up through her DMs. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Is that all right,
1: Angela? Absolutely <laughs> fine. I would love to because I'm so passionate about it as well. So I would love to help more people. Yeah, bring this joy and and um to other people and bring dogs into the classroom. So if you ever need help. So- me a message awesome amazing yeah. thank you a legend, so mate. much Ange thanks so no much, much Ange thank you
0: guys thanks for listening to the podcast if you're interested in studying with Therapy Dogs Australia or you have a few more questions before deciding please get in touch with us by emailing courses at therapydog.com.au or visiting our website at www.therapydog.com.au for more information and FAQs